You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. Well, folks, it is Tuesday, final day of February. And, hey, we have some snow out there. First time we're seeing it. You know what's good about this? Is tomorrow's March 1st. Tomorrow's not December 1st. (laughs) Or this is not November snow. It's going to rain later in the week. It's going to be a snow day. Okay, it is. It's heavy, by the way. It's heavy snow. So roads will be rough. I think it's very simple. If you don't have to go anywhere, I'm not going to break any news here. Don't go anywhere if you don't have to. Uh, A lot of school cancellations. A lot of people working from home. But I'm looking at the forecast over the next couple of days. Wednesday, high of 43. All right, start the melting. And then Thursday, it looks like rain and temperature 51. So Friday, I think more of the same, although it could be a little bit of a mix. Actually, as I'm looking at this, we're going to have a very stormy Thursday, Friday, even into Saturday, where it'll be um, some precipitation, but but not bad. And then next week actually looks kind of chilly as I, as I look at it. Not, not terrible, though. I mean, it's not below 20. It's not even really below 25, but definitely there. But anyhow, all right. Now, last night, the -the on-the-scene live stream, you'll be able to see this on the website, petro.com, and we also now have it on YouTube. But we had an armed standoff in Cranston. Last night, Monday night, obviously I was there. Fantastic job by the Cranston police. They got the suspect. He was inside the house. He was troubled. He had long guns uh, threatening to pull uh, shoot at the police if they came in and instead as a result of that uh, this went on for quite some time but they had Cranston police had the area surrounded they had the drones in the air just a a fantastic job so as I was at the scene this is Cranston Mayor Ken Hopkins who uh, then took the time to talk with myself in NBC 10 I think I have this right now just getting everything set Okay, here we go. Uh, first of all, everything, everybody's safe right now. Police did a great job in calming the situation down. Uh, they defused it. Uh, the gentleman that was having some issues opened the door and walked out. The police are now evaluating him with the fire department. Uh, they're making sure that he is stable. And he seems to be. I was over there while they were talking with him. And uh, they're going to check him out, and then uh, they'll move on from there. But at this point, everything is safe in the in the neighborhood. Police, again, did a great job. He's being evaluated now, and uh, I think everything will be okay within the next few minutes. This is someone in possession of some long guns, from what we understand. Well, yeah. The, we'll leave that to the police. Yeah, that's a police investigation that's ongoing. They have several guns. That, but all I know is the police are safe, and the constituent is safe, and... Uh, Hopefully, he'll get the professional help that he needs. You've got to feel good about a response, Cranston Police. You've got the drones in the sky, SWAT team, and a very peaceful standoff. It's very professional. Uh, we have the best colonel, uh, Colonel Winquist, and the guys know exactly what they have to do. Interestingly, the police that ran the scene was one of my former high school students at Cranston East. So I'm proud of him, and I'm proud of the job that our police do. City ready for the snow tonight? Uh, yes, we are. I'm actually going to go home and get some sleep, and then I'll be out with my plow, and we'll be on the road for the rest of the night. One final message to the residents, though. This is uh, 
It, it ended peacefully. Cranston police in control. Everything is about defusing the situation. Cranston police do a great job of that. We train them on that. And uh, they have a great leader at the top with Colonel Winquist. And uh, I'm happy that everything ended peacefully right now. Thanks, Mayor. All right, folks, there it is. Uh, Cranston Mayor Ken Hopkins, who, by the way, I mean, that's that's pretty solid. Uh, very solid job, as a matter of fact. Uh, Cranston Police, folks, as many of you know, and I ride along Cranston PD Live, you can see a lot of the footage that we do. If It, it depends on, on what you like. If, if you like an unrealistic TV show, well, then you have plenty of options on television, as a matter of fact. But if you want to see real raw as it's happening, as they're commanding the subject to please answer the phone and put down the gun and 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 watch it in in real time. It's not a it's here's one thing about whether it's last night or when I am out there. It it's not a show. It is raw. It is real, and that's the second standoff that I've um, covered. And just they had one last week as well. So, folks, just for those, again, it all depends on what you taste. If you like unrealistic and Hollywood actors and certain type of lighting and, you know, they're running and then they break to a commercial, then then there's, like I said, there are different options on television. But if, if you want real life, real raw, what it's like, the true people on the scene, such as Sunday night, we were out at the Charles Street shooting that uh and in and, and major lapayton did the the press briefing yesterday i'm going to play some of that sound but that was the situation the the two cars pulled up next to each other as a matter of fact i could pull that up right now um it, it all depends on what people like if people like kind of if you like you know the theme song and the hollywood glamour a little bit and and you want kind of have it looking slick and that well then like i said there's television shows for that but if you want to if you want the real deal of what's happening out there, then then you want what we offer. So this is Major LaPayton yesterday. This was the shooting that happened Sunday night on uh, Charles Street. Here we go. This is Major David LaPayton with the Providence Police Department. So last night before 8.30, uh, we had two vehicles driving on Charles Street uh, right past the Marriott, and as they got to the Kelly Sunoco station, um, one of the vehicles pulled up on the other, and shots were fired. Uh, several shots were fired, striking one person who was in the other vehicle, uh, and later was pronounced dead at Brown Hospital. There's not much more I can give you right now. Um, we are we're out there as, as I speak and uh, trying to trying to piece this together. Do we name the victim? Yes, they so released it last we night. Just, we were just able to. There's actually 7:30. 7:30. So we're not going to put that out until later today to give them a chance to let the extended family know. Male, twenty-four-year-old male from Providence. Yes. Major, do you know the nature of the encounter? There was this two, was there a chase or were these two groups that ran into each other at the gas station? We don't know yet. Honestly, don't know. Uh, we'll find out. 
Is the driver cooperating, the driver that drove the victim to the hospital? Yeah, yeah, cooperating witnesses. Yeah. Okay. Do you know who you're looking for? Well, I'm not going to put that out yet. So okay, still fair enough. Too early. Where was the victim sitting in the vehicle? Passenger. We believe... Uh, oh, he's actually in the back seat. What we believe right now. He, but he may have jumped back end, there. Well, he, he ended up in the rear seat, in the rear passenger. So whether he was there when it was uh, when he was shot, or he may have been in the front passenger seat, um, we don't know. And multiple shots fired. Yes. Do you have a sense how many? Or uh, well, there, there were several. I mean, the car was hit um, numerous times. And this was in passing, or had they stopped, or, you know? Don't know. We don't know. Do you know what kind of weapon was used? Um, it looks like Nine a millimeter. handgun. Um, maybe a, uh, possibly a 9mm. Yeah. But, Major, this this was targeted. This wasn't just some random. Um, I got to be with you. Right now, we just don't know. It's still, uh... I would say yes, with everything that, that we're looking at, it appears that it was a targeted uh, shooting, um, but I can't tell you for sure right now. All right, folks, that is, again, Major David LePayton, uh, Providence Police. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipietro.com joining us right now one of my siblings independent columnist opinion maker it is donna perry and dj i want to just start off that it's uh, hard to believe but it was essentially three years ago now when life changed and the pandemic was hitting and right from the outset we were hearing that it was somehow a leak out of wuhan and the wall street journal and a lot of people have been very um critical of Dr. Fauci and others today, but the Wall Street Journal has a story that basically seemingly confirms, which was the first thought and report. And it all, everything seemed to point to that, but it sure seems three years later that, that this was now just your reaction to that it was essentially a leak out of a, of a lab. Yes, and great to be with you, um, John. You know, it is extraordinary 
when you think of also how people who were, after a while, how there was such a determination by um, the, well, that was the Trump administration in the beginning, but there was such a determination by a lot of factors to just say from the beginning, as we recall, that it was an animal. I mean, we just heard that repeatedly. Um, I also think it is pretty remarkable right now to see this is their own U.S. Department of Energy. um, And the spin is going on. And now they're saying a low confidence, John, report. Although I think the Wall Street Journal laid that out of some of that is technical language that they use. um, And then you see the spin from Kirby that they're now almost trying to rephrase it and move away from it, John. And they're trying to now say um, there's still no definitive answer. And, you know, you can't blame when they say that the conspiracy theories ran away, you know, with everything um, on social media, John, because you do begin to say either they're protecting someone or something or, you know, I, I mean, the fact that this has to have been, um, you know, just detailed investigated, which I think every American, as you say, who was put through the ringer, we all know in our own families and beyond and friends and young people whose lives can never get back that end of college time, that end of high school time, shut schools, shut colleges. We all know what it was. Um, and anyone who dared to say it was no reaction um, but we all deserve as Americans to have a truthful, however, wherever it leads, we have to have a truthful answer. Um, and I just find that the Biden administration, you know, they, John, they play a lot of curious games, let's face it, with China. Um, yes, and and the, right. I think they're afraid of China. They, they decide where they're going to use some tough language and then they kind of recoil back, right? Like, I think they feel they're in some kind of a battle with them right now and they don't want this to turn into this because the Chinese have been extremely defensive about the accusation. But I think if it came from a lab, um, and I'm not so even sure about the explanation of, you know, an error, a lab leak, John, what does that actually mean? Right? right. <laughs> a leak could be quite intentional. And I just think you know, we hear an awful lot of government language about we can never have a pandemic like that again. Well, listen, if they're sending out uh, a virus as a weapon, the American public really needs to understand that and not right. have this just this determination to protect China when they think they need to do that. Um, I think, John, their reaction only adds to what will be the endless speculation about the origin of it, you know? Yes. Um, uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Much more ahead, Donna Perry, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment 
It's Propane Plus. And remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Again, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. We continue with Donna Perry and DJ. uh, Two elements. One is this Fox News poll that has the Republican hopefuls, uh, Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley. I want to hear your thoughts on that. But also, what do you think of the decision by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who certainly, let's face it, I mean, he has raised his profile. He is the one that seemingly there's excitement about. Um, But what about him deciding that he's not going to attend CPAC? Let's start off with the CPAC and then the poll. Sure. Um, You know, this is kind of an interesting thing going on with CPAC, John, because um, in other years, it's kind of become a command performance, right, for anyone who's going to be in the Republican primary. I would say, because there's a backdrop, the backstory here, that DeSantis ducking CPAC and a few others either will or have said they would, John, I actually think it's a smart move in the environment that they're in. Number one, people may not know, there's kind of an internal scandal going on. Um, I think that's obviously playing into it. The the guy that's, you know, that really runs CPAC, Matt. Charlie Kirk. Yeah. And then Matt Schlopp has this odd, um, you know, kind of this weird sexual assault misconduct charge stemming from some behavior, supposedly, when the Herschel Walker campaign. Um, It's another male staff person in that campaign. So. You know, there's a lot going on with that. I think that is kind of, you know, tarnishing a lot of what they're trying to do. I, I wonder, though, John, if your DeSantis has got camp, I wonder that they're using that backdrop, which is not, you know, widely nationally known, um, as a way for him to maybe, you know, he's like not going to play in what is obviously Trump is highly popular by other polls, right. is certainly right. with with the CPAC crowd. So I'm wondering that DeSantis's camp, it's, I think it's a very clever strategy. I've said this before. The reason I think he is going to dominate a lot of this is it's not just his own skills. He, he clearly works with a highly politically savvy team. And unlike maybe Trump, John, he, he listens to them. And I think it's, it's kind of an interesting move, not only... Because when you are in front of that crowd, and excuse that, you know, you do have to throw a lot of red meat out there. And I think he's maybe already deciding when you're going to go national, yes, you have to lock up the Republican vote. But as we know, John, like he he maybe does not want to be seen in the corner of a lot of what is a lot of the far right positions. That's my sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I I would say, and and you just wonder. Um, you know, what, what is he really real? What does he really gain by it? Because, right. you know, let's be honest, where, where is that crowd going to go? They, they can scream up and down, but if in fact 
it's DeSantis. If if the roadie were Trump, they were Trump. Where where I think it's smart uh, by Governor DeSantis, DJ, it is just you know the, the, this race ultimately is going to be won by the independents, and so yep. the far right wing of the party. I I don't know if he needs to go there. And some of the people that are going to be there, uh, whether it's Charlie Kirk or Marjorie Taylor Greene and some of that crowd, Laura Loomer, they, that is the, they're they're not just the far right. They're, they're the extreme almost, they're the kind of the controversial right of the party. So absolutely, I I don't see the benefit. Now this Fox poll that is out Donna Perry and Should we really be surprised? People are saying, hey, in 2015, Jeb Bush was was leading. I think it's very early. I I think and I want to hear your thought, but I think it would be very problematic for President Trump if he was not way ahead of the field. But I'm not sure how much it really matters right now. Absolutely. And the thing is, as you say, look, there's no way a poll at this still fairly very early stage is yep. not going to have him up front. Um, we also know the way polls work, John, you and I know there's a good chunk of the percentage of how it you know, comes in that is just based on name recognition. Right. That, that is heavily what certainly early polls are about. So as you say, like a Jeb Bush, who was, okay, a governor of Florida, but it was a Bush name. This was before the Trump era. Naturally, he was at the top of every, I bet, every poll when it was like 20 months out or whatever. Yep. Yep. So I think there's that factor. There's no way Trump is not going to be at the top of those polls. But I will say DeSantis is certainly not nothing to be ashamed of. And he is coming in at percentages that tend to be in the 30s. Well, that's kind of high early, yeah. early on. And they're pointing that out, that other Republicans never come in that high, um, you know, when you're very early out. And one last thing I want to say about him, again, clever strategy, yeah. not, not only ducking CPAC, John, you know what he's doing by doing that? He's taking away what I would call a contest moment or a contrast opportunity with Trump. He's yes. taking it away off the table because yeah. he, he's not there. So he's not going to let Trump do some kind of foolish, you know, um, social media thing saying, oh, I got bigger applause or something. Exactly. Yeah. You See, know what's so, also yeah. interesting about uh, Governor DeSantis, Donna Perry, that Mike Pence doesn't have it. Nikki Haley doesn't have it. And that is the number of people from other states that are spending the past few months and maybe one or two more months. But in Florida. Yes. So good point. Really right. It's the benefit. You know, people talk. Maybe the governor of Texas. Well, well, people aren't really going to Texas for December through March or into April. And no. all the people that that really that is a tremendous benefit for his name recognition for people that become familiar. And let's face it, Florida, since the pandemic, is just red hot. It's the place to go. You have all the wealth from the Northeast, New yep. York, Jersey, other places going there. He. um I, I just think he sits in a unique position because most people that go to Florida on vacation, whether it be to go to 
Disney or go to Miami or go to Tampa, wherever. But let's face it, you, you come away with a pretty good impression of Florida. Right. And, and John, like you just nailed it, like Florida is uniquely positioned that way yes. and, and, and positioned to launch a powerhouse candidate. That yes. as you're arguing, and, and as you say, there's a lot of, you know, in the Northeast, they felt fed up and they've moved there in that kind of a mindset. And, and we know in politics, it's the fed up mindset, John, that really carries a lot of the energy um, in, in, you know, who, who people really, who they want to go with. They, they do move, as they say, votes move and percentages move by the more, I hate to say, but the angry voter, the fed up person, whatever way you want to put it, people moved to Florida fed up with how the pandemic yes. was being held in the Northeast. Uh, and yep. I know we'll talk about this also. They're, they're fed up with simply the cost of the Northeast and the yes. crime of the Northeast. And all these things play very, very well into, you know, DeSantis' hands. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. DJ, one more element as someone that, you know, I religiously watch the Sunday shows, the Sunday yep. morning shows. That's just kind of my thing. It always has been my thing. But this is the first time that I can recall in years that President Trump actually got good press. And it came from the split screen. You had President Biden over in Ukraine. Now I get it. Anniversary important and so forth and going into the war zone however close to home that was a big move that president trump went to ohio and yeah i think that is one of those moments the the biden people I, mayor pete and I, I think they have botched it that was a good move by president trump and it was the the first time he he kind of got good press on both meet the press and this week and face the nation whoever thought of that that was a very good move to put him into. I agree. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, he achieved a couple of important things. I, I will give him that. Like, I think no matter what we say, John, and, you know, he can be over the top, you can't count him out. You no. simply cannot. No. The guy's always had almost like, you know, really strong animal political instincts. And he yeah. does know when there's a setting that he wants to enter into. I think he also put Biden on notice, by the way, yes. you know, he is not Nikki Haley. He's a former president and he's yeah. saying, I will run around the country and I will be right in your backyard. I'm not afraid to do that. I, you know what I mean? So he's, I would say that move was important and you're right. The split screen, he is there 
with these people in this horrible situation, which, you know, the, a lot of the media almost trying to downplay. John, that's like a huge issue. You know, it is. And it's not going to go away. And no. it's one of those things Biden now, they're running cover. But we, we all saw, and again, I'll give credit. It was on Meet the Press. They said, you know, President Bush, he, he underestimated by not going on the ground in Hurricane Katrina. And he yep. never recovered from that. That whole thing, if he was looking at the devastation from the airplane, it's not the same as being on the ground. And President Trump, Donna Perry, to his credit, I mean, the one-liners, he had a good crowd. The people loved him. Photos. When he said, that's it, I'm buying everybody McDonald's, as much <laughs> right. as he may be mocked, the people loved it. And he, you know, that's such a, a relatable moment. It wasn't. He's, you know, whatever, giving them something. Mayor Pete was walking around after the president had been there. I thought that was, um, I thought it was a big move. Whoever made the decision, let's get him on the ground. The reaction he got was definitely worth it. Now, Donna Perry, I also want to touch on you worked for the last Republican that held office in CD1, um, and that was Ron Makeley. Yep. He left. Patrick Kennedy took over that seat. He held on to it for a long time. And then Congressman, then Mayor David Cicilline took it. So I'd like just to hear your thoughts on Mayor Cic uh, Congressman, excuse me, Cicilline <laughs> deciding to leave. The big story became how much he's leaving for, which is got a nonprofit of 650000 But yeah. the ever increasing, <laughs> as much as the party wants to be competitive, a Republican called me and said, you know, what would be why do you think it would be a bad idea if I ran for that seat? And I said, I'll give you three reasons why it would be very tough for a Republican to run. Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls. That is a tough district for a Republican to try to gain ground. Well, yeah. And, and you're right. You know, when Makeley was in office uh, and, and I was uh, for several years with the with them in D.C., it, it was almost like a different sort of voting demographic time in Rhode Island, John. I mean, um, w when you think back, the thing about that district, though, and I would say if someone was really on the game, now it also encompasses Newport, um, and it and then it winds up into deep into, you know, that upper part, Woonsocket, um, and these other areas, but of course very heavy in Providence. Um, for the Republicans... You know, I know a few names are getting thrown around, um, and I guess um, Fung and his wife, who's a politician in her own right, Barbara Ann, um, you know, who has Newport roots, by the way, and she's like a real campaigner. I don't know. Um, I think this is a time, John, politics is full of surprises, and people do make different decisions. I think it was very, uh, you know, sort of confusing to people. I mean, at one time, I think people thought Cicilline would would be someone who was like waiting in the wings for a Senate seat, you know, so, but whatever, he's made this decision. I think it points up, as you're saying, the Rhode Island GOP, the problem is they don't have that much of a bench when something no. comes up, John, like they don't say, here's the person and they can raise money, which it's going to take that. Um, and in terms of the names being mentioned, um, Helena folks, who I think ran very respectfully. Oh, yeah. She's a favorite. She's, She's a favorite to me. And ran time. very respect, you know, a respectful yeah. run for first run. So she I would one day of voting. She and beat McKee on day of voting. She should be the governor right now. And, but. And, right. You know, 
Now, I know Matos, um, it, although it's a little surprising, John, because people thought she's more state government move up through the ranks. Uh, she's just newly as a lieutenant governor. I don't it's know. It's a I, free shot. It's a yeah. free shot for her. Maybe get the voting in Providence. But I, I'm going to stick with Helena, folks. The one outside would be if the speaker decided to go for it. Now, Donna Perry also, uh, Governor Healy announced uh, her plan for some tax cuts. Yep. I mean, I think anytime you hear and following up on Governor Baker, uh, Governor McKee certainly should follow what they're doing there. But I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on this tax cut proposal sure. that Governor Healy's rolled out. Well, I think a couple things on this, John. So what she's trying to do, in, in my view, um, she's she's recognizing uh, some of the most weakest uh points of Massachusetts is really now nationally known. It's, it just looks like a very unaffordable place to live and, yeah. and, and, and increasingly do business. Um, right. And I can tell you, John, the big companies are still moving out, the manufacturers who felt like you have the tech expertise here, but John, they're leaving. And they're going uh -huh. to North Carolina and Texas and Tennessee um, yep. A lot has been made of the fact that something like 110,000 Massachusetts residents have left the state since COVID. And that's not too long. All right. Within two years. So wow. number one, I think she feels pressure. And the key for her is to try to strike something in the middle because you do feel people say, well, if you're only going to be this very far left governor. So what she's thrown out there. They're framing it, John, as a tax relief plan. However, when you look between the lines, a lot of it is you have, you know, these tax credits that's really going to lift up people who are already way behind the curve. And you're talking about single moms and, you know, a, a lot of inner city tax credits and, and, you know, things that will help people around the margins. I would argue that some of that, which, by the way, though, then that comes from new taxes on other Massachusetts residents, right? So that's oh. where we, how money gets created in government. Um, so I think that's a little bit looking like, well, that maybe doesn't help people who feel the burn, middle class in the suburbs. They may have two jobs. Um, and so she's She's kind of put that out there. And the only other way she's trying to look competitive and Rhode Island has gone back and forth on these kinds of issues is with the estate tax and kind of raising that threshold and how that works and also reducing the capital gains rate. Those are things that people who have some money, but they, they may just have good earning um, job money, John. They're not like super wealthy people. Right. You know, and when you live in a state like Massachusetts, this gets thrown around millionaires tax. If you're too double income and you're living in these super inflated wealthy suburbs, John, it, yep. it, with two big jobs, a million dollars, that's like two salaries. And yep. and that that really actually doesn't make you super wealthy in Massachusetts. No. So, you know, I think she's trying to cut this in the middle, but the state is increasingly just viewed as just very unaffordable. Yeah. So um, housing, Donna Perry, housing is a problem. Uh, it's people huge. are living longer. And yep. as much as in the past, people either would have passed away or sold their home and moved to another home. They can't afford to move to another home. People right. are staying put. And let's face it, if you're a company, 
you want your employees to be able to build a home and, and get a sense of community and, and stay there. And right now, whether it's as you, it's Tennessee or North Carolina or or Atlanta Texas or Atlanta, there's, there's more land. And John, they can yeah. build and own a home. And in Massachusetts and in the Northeast, it is, as we know, it's it's limited. It's very expensive, if not apps actually you know, out of the question of how much housing costs. I don't know what the answer is simply because people are not suddenly going to start living less. They're living longer. And right. so those and, homes that used to turn over, go ahead. I'll give you the final and, word. Yeah. Like, and I will say, and I see this um, through some of my work and, and just living here, John, they're really starting to lose people in their thirties. And yeah. the thirties is where you have the brain power they're still recently trained. They may have a master's degree and they are losing them to Austin, Texas. And they're losing them, like we say, to Atlanta. And you can get around those cities with a suburban job. You know, they're, they're, and you can certainly live in, you know, Florida is on fire. I mean, you, you know, yeah. there's not like there's no professional jobs around Miami and, you know, and uh, Tampa. And, and you are you guys are very familiar with down there. So. That's what's happening. But they're losing the 30s. And then that's a problem for the workforce and for the talent um, that these companies are going to want to have. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. It's Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. Stay safe in the snow and we'll talk to you again. You got it. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 .9 FM. Well, folks, Representative Joe Wilson has introduced the National Right to Work Act, U.S. House of Representatives, one-page bill, and listen to this, would end big labor's federally authorized power to force workers to pay union dues or fees as a condition of employment. Obviously, be a huge game-changer here in the Northeast, especially Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Joining us right now, National Right to Work Committee Vice President, and it is Greg Murad. And Greg, welcome to the John DePietro Show. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us. What a uh, incredible piece of legislation this is. Thanks, John. Yeah, glad to be with you. It is a, a game-changing piece of legislation, as you said, uh, to give workers the individual freedom to choose whether or not they believe their union deserves their support. It's a really simple concept. Take, take us through a little bit, Greg. I mean, this is something, obviously, it uh, greatly impacts our area in the Northeast where, you know, consistently we hear from 
different public sector worker uh, union members that say they, they have no choice. They're forced to pay these dues. So much of it goes to political campaigns, different acts that they they don't even support, but they just feel they have no option. No, that's exactly right. And it's not just the politics. They're, they're, they're supporting a contract that might be running contrary to their interests, too. Uh, if the union contract benefits some workers at the expense of others, those workers that are being harmed by the contract are still stuck paying for it. It is eminently unfair. And uh, the real beauty of a right-to-work law is that it gives workers the power. It's another layer of accountability for those union officials in how they spend people's money. If they're spending it on politics the members don't agree with, if they're spending it on a contract that benefits some workers and not others, or uh, even worse, benefits the union bosses instead of the workers, those workers are free to say, you know what, not with my money. Now, folks, again, we're speaking with the National Right to Work Committee VP. It's Greg Murad. And, Greg, um, a lot of people don't realize now the significance of this coming out in Representative Wilson of South Carolina. If you could just touch on and highlight some of the differences of how, for instance, things work in, say, a state like South, South Carolina, North Carolina, compared to how things are here in the Northeast. Sure. Uh, the National Labor Relations Act governor, governs these private sector labor relations, and it says that if uh, 51%, 50% plus one of the workforce votes for a union, that union gets to be the monopoly bargaining agent. That is, they get to speak on behalf of all of the workforce, whether everybody wanted it or not. Uh, that's true in, in both a uh, right-to-work state like South Carolina and a non-right-to-work state like Rhode Island. Uh, the difference is that in a right-to-work state, you can't be forced to pay for representation that you don't want, you didn't ask for, and in fact, you believe you'd be better off without. Now, what about, Greg, obviously the unions would strike back and say, oh, if they did this, they're going to put in all these practices, uh, you know, there goes, you're going to be working on the weekend, you're going to be working 15 hours a day, you're not going to get any raises. They they, uh, they, they certainly try to install instill fear that if if this were to be implemented, that suddenly, you know, people would, uh, you know, go back to the factories. Yeah, you're right that they do that. Uh, fear is about all they've got as a tactic to, to recruit members, and um, it's unfortunate. Uh, the, the, the fact is it's a bunch of lies. The right to work doesn't impact their ability to negotiate on anything else. It doesn't t- even take away their monopoly bargaining power. I'd love to do that one day, but right to work doesn't even do that. Right to work simply says – you cannot force people to pay for representation they don't want, didn't ask for, and believe they'd be better off without. Um, what, what are some of the next steps about this bill by Representative Wilson, and how can people learn more? Sure. Uh, you can learn more at our website, www.nrtwc.org. That's the initials of National Right to Work Committee.org. Um, Next steps for the legislation, it will be sent to the uh, uh, House Committee on Education and the Workforce, where uh, we are hoping to uh, have hearings uh, this year uh, under uh, either Chairwoman Virginia Fox or possibly subcommittee uh, hearings under uh, subcommittee Chairman Bob Good. Um, And ultimately, we'd love to see a roll call vote on the issue. Uh, We believe that it could pass in the U.S. House. Uh, and even if it uh, even if it does not ultimately get signed into law, Joe Biden is highly unlikely to sign it. Obviously, uh, just having a roll call vote on the issue puts the politicians on record. This is an an issue supported by eighty percent of the American people, and just about everywhere when we poll it, poll after poll after poll. So we want to force all of those politicians to show their true colors and to show the American people who stands with them for freedom and who stands with the union bosses for more coercive power.
Folks, again, he is VP, National Rights to Work Committee. It's Greg Murad. Greg, excellent job. Keep up the good work. I got a good feeling about this. It'd be a game changer in uh, states like Rhode Island and the Northeast. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure to be with you. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products. Like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets, there's things for your children, there's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305. 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. So as I said, it's a snow day. We're going to follow the news. That's obviously going to be dominating the type of news uh that is out there how about the bizarre story president putin awarded the order of friendship to actor steven seagal who has russian citizenship he that guy is so bizarre absolutely bizarre and how he then has that unusual relationship now there's definitely problems with fox news channel uh they are under fire without question i want to play this that rupert murdoch was under oath this is the dominion lawsuit we'll get into this later in the week with our legal expert attorney tim dodd but listen to, this is the report from cbs this morning 2020 election murdoch testified as part of a 1.6 billion dollar lawsuit brought by dominion voting systems and he also denied in this and this is key that fox news as a whole endorsed the phony narrative of a stolen election he hung it on his hosts jerica duncan has more now on the challenge to fox news coverage we heard complaints that 6,000 votes from Trump to Biden were switched. According to Dominion Voting Systems, the steady drumbeat from Fox News that the 2020 election was stolen despite evidence to the contrary amounted to defamation. Well, I can hardly wait to put forth all the uh, evidence we have collected oh on God. Dominion. In a lawsuit seeking $1.6 billion, Dominion says it was targeted by Fox News hosts and commentators who, in effect, said the company's machines allowed so many votes to be mishandled or miscounted that Joe Biden was falsely declared the winner. We told them. We told them in real time. Dominion CEO told 60 Minutes in October that they informed Fox News that its claims against the company were false. Uh, this is not a matter of not knowing the truth. They knew the truth. Monday's filing includes sworn testimony from Fox Corporation CEO Rupert Murdoch. He admits that high-profile hosts, including Sean Hannity and Lou Dobbs, endorsed the stolen election narrative. He says, quote, I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. Asked if he could have stopped the network from booking election deniers like Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, Murdoch responded, I could have, 
but I didn't. There has been a massive and coordinated effort to steal this election from... In an earlier filing, Dominion revealed private text and emails from Fox hosts casting doubt on Trump attorney Sidney Powell's election fraud claims. From Sean Hannity, I did not believe it for a second. From Tucker Carlson, Sidney Powell is lying. And from Laura Ingram, Sidney Powell is a bit nuts. The media does not call an election. The new filing also claims that Murdoch tried to win back viewers who were furious about the network's call of Arizona for Biden by firing managing editor Bill Salmon. He presided over the Arizona call. According to the court filing, Murdoch thought that Salmon's firing would, quote, be a big message with Trump people. Is the FBI already carrying out uh, an investigation of these voting companies? In a statement, Fox News calls Dominion's lawsuit a blatant violation of the First Amendment and is more about what will generate headlines than what can withstand legal and factual scrutiny. For CBS Mornings, I'm Jerika Duncan. Now listen, this is, no matter how much people want to spin it, this is, this is problematic. Here's where the legal element break it down because it's fascinating to me. I'm curious about what you make of the case. On air, you have Fox hosts saying one thing. Behind the scenes, they're saying something very differently. What you have is this very high bar that has to be made when there is a defamation case. So what the plaintiffs are saying is that Fox was looking for money. Fox was looking for viewers. And that's why they did what they did. And they did it knowingly. That, and it was false. On the other hand, what Fox is saying is they're saying it really wasn't the corporation that was doing this. And what was happening was that there may have been some quote unquote commentators who were simply voicing an opinion. Now, opinion may be protected under the First Amendment, not that it was simply spouting fact. Let me give you an easy example. If you say John Doe won the election, that is fact. If you say John Doe was the greatest president ever seen, that is opinion. So what, what Fox is saying is Dominion is exaggerating and that you have to look at everything in context and that they were only presenting allegations. And if it's allegations, you're allowed to present them or else we would never have news coverage. Okay, that may be the legal um, argument, but Ricky, these, these Fox commentators have a lot of power with their audience, so they're knowingly saying things that they know are not true, according to their text uh, amongst themselves. Doesn't that matter? Well, of course it matters, and it's going to matter a great deal in terms of proof when this trial goes forward in April. That what you are saying privately, and it's exactly the opposite of what you are saying publicly. So that's why Dominion has a strong case. Can it meet that actual high bar of defamation, of showing that the information was false, that they knew it was false, that they did it anyway, and that the executives could have stopped it? Well, we're going to see what happens this spring. Well, a lot of us are watching. Thank you very much, Ricky Kleeman. Now, here's a problem uh, with that. Now, folks, um, again, that's a, a report that was on CBS Morning News, of which, you know, that's the Channel 12 affiliate. I, I think they actually do a they, they do a different type of, but but I, I find them to be a little more serious than Good Morning America and the Today Show. Of late, I've been watching 
CBS. Um, but I'll tell you what Fox doesn't want is they, they there's no way they want Sean Hannity to have a get up in the stand. There is no way Fox wants Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram to have to get up in the stand or Judge Gene for any of them. Now, there are many of you listening right now. And again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It is Tuesday. I, t- you know, and I don't often do this. I told you so. I told you back in November of 2020, through all your nasty emails and messages and your li- I, I told you Sidney Powell was a liar and a nutcase and couldn't prove anything she was saying. And you know what we've learned? is you were on one side of the street with Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. I was standing on the other side of the street with Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson because there's no way that lady was believable. Now, not everything presented here about Fox is accurate. As a matter of fact, Fox went out of their way to, to keep many people off the air. You have not seen... When's the last time you saw Rudy Giuliani on Fox? You don't. He is, I'm not going to use the word banned. You don't see him. Why? Because he doesn't say anything that can be backed up. So all of the people that love the conspiracy stuff and love all, you know, all of that is fine until you actually have to prove it. And Rudy Giuliani and and, uh, Sidney Powell with the release the Kraken, that famous interview with Lou Dobbs, I want to remind people, none of it was proven true. Do you know I still hear from some people? They're in a group in Rhode Island, and they still think, they're like the, um, after 1945, they would still find some of these Japanese soldiers on these islands in the Pacific. They No one told them the war was over. They were still holding the island, these tiny little islands. 1946, 1947. Uh, I forget how long the last one was, but there were these people and they formed a group and they still have meetings. I think they even do a podcast, but they still are insistent the 2020 election is going to be overturned. It's it's not happening. President Trump doesn't even think it's happening. All right. It's Tuesday. It's a snow day. Much more ahead on the John DePietro show. There's no limit to what you can do outside with your property. Folks, call Limitless Outdoors today, 401-580-1852. Get a free quote and let them go to work to show you how you could use all of your outdoor living space. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways. They did a fantastic job with my steps. How about an outdoor kitchen or landscape lighting? Retaining walls, lawn installations, excavations, limitless outdoors, and also inside. Limitless outdoors could also offer indoor stone veneer services. Update your indoor fireplace or kitchen. Limitless outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Look for them on Facebook or call 401-580-1852. Limitless outdoors. Dream Build, enjoy, get the most of your property, both inside and out. 401-580-1852, Limitless Outdoors, based in Smithfield, Rhode Island.
listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipietro.com. Thank you.